0: At that time Jesus exclaimed, I give praise to you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, for although you have hidden these things from the wise and learned, you have revealed them to little ones. Yes, Father, such has been your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son wishes to reveal him. Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for yourselves, for my yoke is easy and my burden light. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened. That's only a small portion of the population, right? Right? There's only a couple of people who occasionally feel maybe a little bit burdened uh, by this world. No, I think that's uh, clearly a statement that I think applies to us all, maybe not at every single moment of our life, but I would say, overwhelming majority of my experience, as well as talking to other people's experience, that the busyness, the labor, the burden is present in this world, And I think about some of our experience with that, especially more recently, is, you know, everybody uh, is super busy, 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 busy. It seems to be a virtue. And then COVID hit, And everybody, you know, right, all of your obligations and everything else just went away. And all of a sudden you had all this free time and you were home, which might have been worse than being busy. I don't know. Depends on how your family or what your house life is like. Um, But it seems like already, even though that not everything has lifted, we've found things to fill our life with. And once again, I hear more and more people feel burdened and busy and obligated in so many different ways. It seems as though it's part of the modern world and part of life in general. And so what do we do? Well, Jesus tells us to come to him, right? Go to him. Of course, the world, what does the world say? Well, if you're burdened or your labor, or you're, you know, you, you, those who labor and are burdened, well, what you need is a 4th of July weekend, right? Drink beer, sit out in the hot, you know, put your feet in the water, and then you will be just fine. But I don't know about you, but sometimes after a vacation or after a weekend, I feel more exhausted after that than, than other times. You know, it's like, oh, I'm going to go rest, and then I'm more exhausted because, you know, you do other things and whatnot. And so I would just question to a certain degree in terms of what the world says is rest, is restful. Well, rest should renew our soul and recreate us and actually give us more energy, right? More strength to go out and interact with people in the world. If our rest draws us more away from the world and creates us to be more burdened, well, it doesn't seem like it's quite, quite it. And so Jesus tells us, "How does his, what's his response, and how does he give us rest? He gives us rest by actually giving us work. Interestingly enough, he gives us rest by giving us work. He says, hey, take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke. Now, a yoke isn't exactly a vacation-type thing for an animal, right? When an animal puts a yoke on... They're actually putting a yoke on to do some sort of labor, some sort of burden. But a lot of the times we do it all by ourselves, and we try to do everything by ourselves. When we try to do everything by ourselves, it becomes really exhausting because we don't have enough strength. We're not made for this world. We don't have enough strength. And there's no way that we can do everything that we maybe even want to do or should do in the midst of it. And so Jesus tells us, well, instead of laboring by yourself, I want to give you rest. I want you to labor with me. I want you to take the yoke, and I want you to be yoked to me so that we can work side by side, so that we can work together. And it's in that that we learn how to pace ourselves. We learn how to act because when Jesus says, you know, He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And so when we take that yoke and when we labor with him, we learn from him. And what are the two most important things that he wants us to learn in this labor, in this yoke? He says, learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart. Now, in the worldly context, sometimes when we think of an example of meek and humble trying to think of, you know, what that situation is. And one of the examples that I think of uh, is Eeyore, right, from Winnie the Pooh. Oh, well, I guess it's just the way it is. You know, he gets, you know, just kind of taken over. He thinks he's, you know, just not worth anything, and people take advantage of him all the time and, and whatnot. And we kind of imagine, according to the world, that that's what meekness and humility is, sometimes in a, in a bad way. In fact, even the diction we'd say, well, no, that's not quite it, right? That's not what Jesus is talking about. But that is often the worldly presentation of it. And they say, well, why would you want that, right? Who wants to be depressed? We don't want to be depressed. And who wants to be weak, right? That's what virtue is in that. And I would say they're absolutely right, that that's not what meekness and humility is. Now, the dictionary even itself uh, identifies, it gives three different definitions for meek. And two of them, I would say, are, are wrong. Not what Jesus is talking about here. So two of the, two of the de- definitions says uh, meek means deficient in spirit and courage. Deficient in spirit and courage. That's not the meekness that we're talking about. When we think about Jesus, what is his meekness? I would say Jesus is not lacking in courage or in spirit at all, right? He has an abundant amount of spirit and courage. The second definition is not violent or not strong. And I would say again, we look at Jesus and he is incredibly strong. He's incredibly passionate. In his meekness, he was led to the cross like a lamb led to slaughter without saying a word, right? But also in his meekness, he made a whip of cords and drove people out of the temple. Both in meekness. Now the last definition that they give, I think, is, is a good uh, start to meekness. It says, enduring injury with patience and without resentment. I'll say it again. Enduring injury with patience and without resentment. And I think of this, and who are the people or what is the, what is the character of someone who is able to be meek in this way? Enduring injury with patience and without resentment. Well, it's not a childlike person or even somebody who's weak, right? Somebody who's weak and they endure injury. They might endure injury, but they're going to do it probably with resentment, right? The, a child, when they endure injury, they don't exactly do this without with patience, right? We look at a child and they're like, well, they don't really have the strength. They're not really that meek. They often, you know, complain and are quick to give resentment. The person who's able to be meek in this is actually somebody who's incredibly strong. And that's what I want to get at with meekness, is that actually meekness is an incredible strength. It's incredible virtue. It's incredible character. It's not just allowing other people to do whatever they want or to roll over you, but incredible is this strength. And I'll give a few examples. One of the kind of visual examples that I think of is is a certain amount of gentleness and uh, I think of a gorilla. Gorillas are incredibly strong, and they can inflict uh, some serious damage if they want to. But if you've ever seen a video or even a photo of a gorilla with a baby gorilla, it's amazing, right? You just look at the meekness, just the way that the gorilla, all of its strength is used to be incredibly gentle and careful with this little baby. I think of it as well with myself, um, this meekness requires a certain amount of strength and kind of control in it. And so when I go and play soccer with little kids, I'm not very meek. Uh, I'm competitive and I'm way better at soccer than they are, right? I mean... I can actually run and kick the ball. The problem is, is that I'm not good enough at soccer to actually be able to have a certain amount of control. So instead of being able to, you know, control myself, uh, instead I run over kids and like try to pass the ball, and instead of kicking it to them, I kick, I kick them, right? Um, because I, I don't quite have that control and that strength to actually be able to control it. And so it becomes now uh, a good soccer player would be able to control themselves and actually be able to interact and to be able to be meek by being able to play with and on the same level as little children because they're able to control it. I think about this as well. One of the other examples of meekness, I think parents have to endure injury with patience and without resentment often, right? Because how often do children cause injury to their parents? Like all the time, right? And they never even realize it, right? And on occasion, right, you hear the really bad one where a, a child's like, I don't, I don't, I hate you, right? And what's a parent's response? Well, a parent's response, if they're not in control of the situation, if, if they take that, now it should hurt, right? No matter what, that, that's going to hurt. But the meekness is being able to endure that injury with patience and without resentment, without resenting that child, but instead able to be, have the control to be able to endure it and to be able to still apply the proper response to it it 's not allowing the child to do whatever they want that 's not a meek parent uh, that 's a, a weak parent right somebody who a, a parent who 's not able to control a meek parent is able to endure that and be able to withstand a child 's temper tantrum and to be able to endure that patiently now, where does this all come out well so meekness instead of being a lack or a weakness is instead, instead in fact an incredible strength and saint thomas aquinas actually links it in with the with magnanimity magnanimity is this is this quality of a greatness of soul instead of having a small soul a greatness of soul and i think of all the saints have a magnanimous soul this greatness of soul that has an incredible strength, but an incredible meekness as well. We see this with Mother Teresa, who has an incredible great, who had an incredible greatness of soul, so great that the entire world was willing to listen to her, and that she was incredibly firm and clear, and would speak out in front of people about abortion and, and try to the entire United States about their abortion and poverty with that, but yet was also incredibly meek and endured injury with patience and without resentment, was incredibly strong, but incredibly gentle as well. And so we see all saints with that. Now, how do the saints have that meekness? How do we get that greatness of soul? How do we receive that strength that is able to be meek? Well, again, it's not by ourselves trying to do it. It's taking upon Jesus' yoke, Jesus' yoke, and learning from him and laboring with him. To trusting in Jesus that he is here. The way that we're able to endure patiently any injury and with patience is to be able to realize that God loves us, right? And that nothing can separate us from the love of God. And that in that proper order to realize that no matter what happens, nothing can separate me from the love of God, allows everything else to be properly ordered. To realize that that spiritual good makes everything else make sense. To be able to endure all of that. Now I'd like to just touch on... Humility, uh, as we close. So meekness and humility. Meekness is dealing with others. Humility is dealing with self. And once again, I would say, again with this humility, it's not an Eeyore type of humility. It's not a, woe is me, I'm the worst. Humility is a proper order. It's a It's an acknowledgement to be able to say in God and in truth that I am a sinner and God loves me. I am a beloved child of God and I'm a sinner. A humility is Mary, the mother of God, being able to say, all generations will call me blessed. In all humility, she was able to say, all generations will call me blessed. Because that was the truth. And so in humility is that dealing with self, and in that, and we are only able to have that proper amount of humility by being yoked to Jesus, by having that trust in Jesus, by receiving our truth and our humility, not from ourselves, but from God. And so I invite you in your life, in those moments when you feel labor and burdened, to go to Jesus, ask for that yoke of labor with him, to learn from him, and to get, ask for that rest that he gives in meekness and humility with him. And He wants to give it in this life and in the next, and so may we ask for that uh, at this Mass and Thanksgiving, and ask for that grace, and continuing to seek to grow in those ways, not by ourselves, but with Him, yoked with Him, and in His grace.